From WOUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm April Leslie. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. This week, we'll learn about the efforts to restore the historic Tecumseh Theater in Shawnee, Ohio. Last Wednesday, Ohio University professor Sally Hatfield won a spot on the quiz show Jeopardy. We'll detail her road to that famous stage. And we'll explore a new club that aims to build bonds between students and animals. Those stories and more are coming up on The Outlet. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Outlet. A new group on campus is taking steps to connect students with off-campus life through work with animal rehabilitation. WUB's Alex Warner has more. This is no normal club meeting. Monkeys are just one of the animals that reside at the Union Ridge Wildlife Center, an animal rehabilitation center half an hour away from Athens. Today, it's the meeting place for a new organization on campus known as Bobcat Human Animal Relationship Team, or HART. They aim to encourage student-animal relationships and improve the awareness of animal safety. Kirby Moss, the director of Bobcat Heart, says the idea for the group began because of a baby sheep. I brought in uh, veterinarian Dr. Carol Osborne from Briarhill Veterinary Clinic in Albany, and she brought in one of her animals, a baby sheep, Flopsy. Flopsy was born, the rear legs didn't function, so Dr. Osborne used uh, acupuncture and some other things and popsicle sticks. And uh, long story short, Flopsy was walking. It all started around Flopsy. Even though the group just came together this semester, they already have big ambitions. Bobcat Hart has three visions, local, regional, and global. Their global goal is to travel with Dr. Osborne to Africa and work with big cats. They say they'd like to become a student chapter of the Disaster Animal Response Team. But Bobcat Hart President Kate Hermanowski says the group wants to volunteer locally, too. We want to establish a relationship between the animals in the Athens area and the OU students. So there's always an animal at all of our meetings. The organization also teams up with local businesses to volunteer and help fundraise to buy animal oxygen masks for local fire departments. To fundraise, local animal owners are taking pet selfies and sending them to Coolville Elementary. The sixth grade class will draw what they like to call pop art puppies, which will then be put on display at the Briar Hill Vet Clinic. Eventually, Bobcat Hart would like to create a gallery of the pop art puppies here on campus. They plan to sell the artwork in a silent auction to raise more money for animal oxygen masks. So this is part of the relationship that we have. So we have disaster animal response, we have clients from Briar Hill, we have Briar Hill, we have the Hart team, and then we have the Coolville Elementary Schools and the local fire departments. So we're trying to bring all of these people together for a single cause. While animal rehabilitation is a main focus of the group, Hermanowski says students will also benefit from getting some free time to play with animals. I had like a cat at home and I really miss it, but every other week when I come here I like love just playing with the animals we have that week. Dr. Moss, the leader and founder of the group, says that's one big reason why today this not-so-normal meeting took place at a wildlife center. 
So you know, the students get a chance to interact with the cats and the dogs, and they miss their animals, so it brings back a little bit of home. For WOUB News, I'm Alex Warner. The village of Shawnee in Perry County celebrated the Little Cities of Black Diamonds Day on Sunday. The festival celebrates the group of mining villages in Hawking, Athens, and Perry counties. This year's theme focused on the glory and charm of the area's opera houses. WOUB's Jeremy Ludeman reports on the effort to bring one of those opera houses back to life. Early 20th century music and theater filled the air of the historic Tecumseh Theater in Shawnee on Sunday for Little Cities of Black Diamonds Day. It was reminiscent of what used to be a common event in the Southern Perry County community. Numerous performances took place at the Tecumseh and the Knights of Labor Opera House, a separate building a few blocks down Main Street. Shawnee used to be a hub of entertainment in the region with its two opera houses. But today, the town is a quiet hamlet tucked into the Appalachian Hills. Both of its opera houses no longer hold regular performances. But Sunday's event gave a strong reminder to event-goers of Shawnee's proud and exciting past and about the possibility of reviving the Tecumseh to its former glory. The theater was built in 1907, right in the middle of the Hawking Valley coal boom, which lasted from 1880 to 1920. The building was constructed by the Improved Order of Redmen, one of many local fraternal groups at the time. This beacon of local history would not be standing if it weren't for John Winnenberg of the Sunday Creek Associates and a few other concerned citizens. They decided to buy the theater in 1976 for $500 to prevent it from being torn down. They were going to tear it down. They wanted the steel I-beams. Each of these boxes going across the ceiling of the theater here are steel uh, girders. They called this a skyscraper. It was like a big deal when they built this building because Perry County had never seen a skyscraper type of construction. In fact, Winnenberg says the building is the second tallest in the county, only behind the county courthouse in New Lexington. After the purchase, Winnenberg and Company created a nonprofit organization to begin the long process of restoring the theater, which is still ongoing. Over the years, we've slowly but surely put together different funding projects, grants, and contributions, and have uh, totally restored the outer facade of the building, the, the outside, the exterior is in great shape. And we've got the first floor, the two sides of the first floor done. We have an apartment in the back of the building. And actually, in a couple months, we're going to start redoing the stairwell all the way up to the third story, fire rating it and, and putting new doors into all the openings on, in the building. The Tecumseh was known for its performances of Shakespeare, including the play Romeo and Juliet. The Ohio Valley Summer Theater's teenage troupe of actors held a reading of the play as a part of the Opera House production on Sunday afternoon. Bright smoke, cold fire, sick hell, still waking sleep. That is not what this is. This love I feel, feel no love in this. The troupe also performed a tribute to the vaudeville shows of the early 20th century. The Tecumseh was not only a home for opera, Shakespeare, and vaudeville. As I walked up to the second floor theater, I thought the place could serve as a fantastic gymnasium. Winnenberg says the Tecumseh served that purpose. 
OU played the Shawnee Grays in this basketball gym. The first event that we can find that happened in this space was the University of Delaware traveling men's basketball team played the Shawnee Grays, which was the local kind of independent team here. While all of these events happened in the past, former Ohio University provost of Appalachian Access, Rich Greenlee, says the Tecumseh provides an important purpose today. It connects the traditions of the community and what it was historically. You know, the coal mining communities and that kind of thing. My father was a miner, so I have a connection to that. And it brings it to the present day of trying to get people to connect again, person to person. I'm Jeremy Woodman, reporting for WOUB News. Last week, Sally Hatfield became the first OU professor to become a Jeopardy! contestant. WOUB's Alex Warner has more. It's one of the most recognizable sounds in Western culture, and it's one Ohio University professor Sally Hatfield has idolized. So early last spring, Sally took the online Jeopardy! qualifying test. And really, she thought nothing of it, until May when she got an email inviting her to audition for the show. Sally is a lecturer in the Ohio Program of Intensive English here at OU. She says her knowledge of general trivia stems from playing quiz bowl in high school and college. Out of a pool of nearly 70,000 people, Sally was picked to go to Kansas City, where she went through the extensive three-part audition process to be on Jeopardy. The first part, they do a pencil and paper test, similar to the test I took online. And I think that's just to make sure that you are the person who answered the questions when you did the online test. Then they take the people up three at a time and they do a mock game where you have the buzzers like you would actually have for the game and there are questions and you're trying to see if you can buzz in first. And then they do a short interview with you. And from the estimated 5,000 who audition, Sally was one of the 400 picked to be a contestant on this season of Jeopardy! She says it's important to remember to play up the fun part of your personality during the casting process. So a bit of good luck, a bit of knowing a few things, and then at the audition, one thing that really makes a difference that you have to remember is that this is a game show. Even after all that, Sally says the hard part wasn't over yet. She needed to brush up on her knowledge of certain topics to prepare for the show. Luckily, her husband is a historian and sports fanatic, so he helped quiz her. So she practiced with her husband and used a ballpoint pen to perfect her buzzer reflex time. She also says she used different trivial websites to get up to speed. There's a website called the J Archives, and that is all the old Jeopardy questions from previous games. And you can just go on, you can type in if there's a certain topic that you want to see how, how they've written about this topic in different ways, or just simply if you want to practice questions. She would even go as far as figuring out her Coriat score every night while watching Jeopardy. It's basically keeping track of, in an ideal situation, if you were playing Jeopardy against yourself and no one else, how, much, how many points would you score? How much money would you get? After all that prep, she flew to California to film in September. The taping aired last Wednesday on October 14th. Sally was up against Matt Jackson, the 23-year-old who has won 14 games in a row.
As of at this point, he has won the fourth most games of anybody to ever play the show and the fourth biggest amount of money for anybody ever on the show. And so watching him play was a bit nerve-wracking. Sally says she hoped her strengths in religion and literature would carry her through the competition. It turned out Sally didn't get a chance to answer all those questions, and that impacted her score. But by Final Jeopardy, she still had a chance to win, depending on how she wagered her money. I decided to go all in and bet everything. The final category was U.S. landmarks, and Sally was confident she had the right answer. Unfortunately, no one got the correct answer, and Sally ended up placing third. But despite her last place finish, she says she has no regrets. I talked about all the ways I prepared, but in some ways what prepares you for Jeopardy is a lifetime love of learning more than any one specific thing that you do or say or read. For WOUB News, I'm Alex Warner. That's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us. The outlet is produced each week by me, April Leslie. We're edited by Atish Baija, Susan Tebbin, and Allison Hunter. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is written and performed by Ryan Gabus. Subscribe to the outlet on iTunes or find us online at woub.org. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.